You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. And welcome to this week's episode of The Couch Brotatoes. I'm Alex Morrison. And this is what we have already deemed before going into this a multi part breakdown of the strangest of things, Stranger Things, season four. And the main reason being is because it's like even the last two episodes are like four hours long of content. Yeah. So it's, it's like watching like, a Snyder, Zack Snyder movie. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like we were already looking at that. It's like this is going to be a minimum two-parter. We're going to try keeping it on track, but loyal listeners are know we have problems with that sometimes. And I do too. I'm not being singular on that. <laughs> but but we will go off on tangents. Hopefully we will stay a little bit more on track with this one. Um Let's kind of go about this, how we've done some of our more recent uh, movie and TV reviews and just kind of talk about it overall and some of our uh, high points, low points, just kind of overall thoughts on it. And I'll pass that on over to you, Molson. What did you think overall of the series? A plus, thumbs it's the up, best, thumbs it's down? the best season they've made. Oh, yeah. Period. Like, it's hard to say that. Like, we've only watched a handful of shows where, like, the later seasons are the best seasons, i.e. King of the Hill. Yeah. Because they had that sweet spot in the middle of like season yeah. three to five or yeah, something yeah. like season that. Season three, season four of King of the Hill was fucking fantastic. We know all about the characters. They've already been introduced. They had their quirks, their perks, and that's it. Season four of this, though, it has that, but the cat, the, the, the core group has expanded to hit a multi-level demographic. Yeah. Older adults, parents, young adults, older teens, uh, a millennial kind of thing. And you still have the horror aspect that hits harder for the younger generation yeah. as it did for us when we were kids. So the incorporation of all this, the only negative thing about it is, and it's about any show set back past 1999 is nostalgia. Nostalgia is dangerous and it can fuck with you. <laughs> like like it, it, do, it does like, but they've, they set it perfect for the time. Um, they kept a lot of things within the spatial time of uh, late 85 early 86 uh and they're a little bit it seems like they're tighter on uh some parts of the show um where we have a lot a few deadfalls here and there in season three season two had the most uh season one is just season is basically just an intro season yeah it was um, just an a plot the entire time yeah. with a tiny b yeah. plot going and it does this thing like i call it the dragon ball z theory where the villain gets bigger and bigger and bigger <laughs> and the hero gets bigger and bigger and bigger and the cast gets blown out of proportion and it's just like this is pretty much fucking ridiculous <laughs> like but it does that and it does it in a good way mm-hmm and it reminds me of like video game bosses a little bit you know once you get hard in the game the boss gets bigger and bigger we know he's there you know but it still works itself out and a plus all around oh yeah i would absolutely agree and i found it interesting too um i i kind of parrot and mimic everything you just said i think this was a very solid season fantastic and 
I didn't realize just how much I was going to enjoy the season until uh, I was talking with my girl and we were rewatching season three, and she went. I just don't understand how the upside down works or what it is or any of that. And it's like at that moment, it kind of dawned on me. I was like, huh, you know, before I finished watching season four, I never even asked myself that question of the where, when, hows. I've always, I always kind of just projected it as like a mirror of hell. Yeah. You know, it's like she, she's sending people to hell or people are getting drugged to hell. Yeah. I kind of just lumped it into that. But no, we find out this season it's, well, we still don't really learn what the upside down is. We just learn that Eleven was the first to make contact with it. So the upside down works like Gotham. Right. It's a character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a mysterious character. We don't know a lot about it. We know it exists. And we know it's been terraformed by someone from Earth. Mm-hmm. We know it's a opening dimension of some sort or multiverse of madness type shit. Um <laughs> And because we don't explain it, and we shouldn't explain it, it creates a MacGuffin, a all-around workable plot piece that hinges everything together. It's not so stupid as like, hey, let's go get that one book that does all the good shit. Let's go do it. Let's go get it. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. it turns to dust, and it's just like, we're go- there goes the MacGuffin. Now we actually have to act. Like, <laughs> oh, fuck. Now, now we, we have, have to do something. Now we have to do something. <laughs> This works all around because they're still having to do shit. Yes. And they're having and it's just a another scenic area, mm-hmm. which is another part of this season I'm really liked. We get new scenic areas. We get yeah. Western California. I was gonna West, say, I think Midwest. this is the first time other than, you know, going to like Russia or something. I think this yeah. is the first time we've actually gone outside of Hawkins. Yes. So the only time we did go outside of Hawkins was probably Murray's place. Yeah. Or Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so yeah, but are, very small moments of it. No, like, yeah. big... No outside the Great Lakes area, really. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, like, we're still Midwest, like a motherfucker, northern Midwest. So, mm-hmm. we, we, we play it safe yeah. in the first few seasons. Because the great thing about the first three seasons is it's a small town. And the worst things happen in small towns. Uh, especially Bad things when happen to you know, good people. That's what Jesus said, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> But, uh, I heard on an insurance commercial or some bad shit. things happen all the time, motherfucker. <laughs> all state. But. <laughs> but no, I totally agree, man. I This season surprised me a lot more than I was expecting. No, I've, And also, I feel like all the characters were written well. Because mm-hmm. I remember that being a little bit of a gripe with me on season three, is it felt like some of the adult characters, namely Hopper, mm-hmm. was kind of written wrong. And actually, kind of a follow-up on that, um, Eric... Uh, commented in our discord follow along mm-hmm. links in the description if you want to join up have some fun with us and talk stranger things and all the other nerdy shit we do uh he kind of brought up uh why he thought hopper was kind of going through all that and it was essentially to kind of summarize the honeymoon stage was over yeah you know when we saw him in season two dealing with 11 and everything else and remember how i was kind of saying he had just kind of a calmer softer demeanor even mm. with everyone because of it well there's still on the honeymoon stage he was still mirroring that emotion of his daughter on yeah. to 11 and she was still very appreciative mm. now she's kind of getting all antsy and you know teenage girly you know and and People don't give a shit anymore at the uh, police force. You know, he's yeah. having to push and grind again. So it's like 
his character arc, yeah, I guess that really does make more sense now. And then when I was rewatching season three, it actually wasn't as noticeable as it was the first time around. Yeah. So I, I may just to retract on that one a little bit for extra listeners listening. I, I may have been a little harsh on Hopper, well, on no, that, like, but it, I didn't feel it, this at it's all. Very, in this it's very season. noticeable in the beginning mm. because when you're telling the story of someone who is an amped up hero who's basically on vacation, yeah, or retired, basically. Retired heroes are villains. <laughs> like, Listen to our review of the boys. Yeah, but technically they're villains. Bruce Wayne in the last Batman movie with Christian Bale is technically a worthless, washed-up man who fought a woman like the first five <laughs> minutes of the movie. And it's just like, really, dude? You had to fight a woman? Get up. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Get up. No. All right. Well, I guess let's just go ahead and move on into season four of Stranger Things. <laughs> Last we saw, um, basically, uh, Joyce and the rest of the buyers decided they were going to move on out to California. Yeah, so get eleven, the fuck out of Hawkins. Yeah, so Joyce, her two boys, and eleven uh, decide to move to California. Yes, uh, which is a very odd move. Uh, well, just basically what they were saying at the end of the season: just get the fuck away from Hawkins. Yeah, but like. <laughs> That's a very hard pull from Hawkins, Indiana to California in the 80s with no job. <laughs> I'm just saying. They, they did get help from Dr. Owens. We do yes. find that out throughout the show that Dr. Owens has been protecting some secrets, which is good on him. Paul yeah. Reiser, knocking it out. Um, and, and, and Owens did a really good job in this series because I feel like we may not touch on his moments as much. Mm-hmm. So let's take a second now. He was really good at making you toe that line between liking him and not trusting him no, until the, the very end. Yeah, it works for the government. You can't trust people. For the government. Exactly. So the entire time you're just like, ah, something feels off. But at the very end, you're like, oh, shit. No, he actually was being mm-hmm. legit. He actually cares about this girl. So very well. I've, I really enjoyed his character, mainly because they just did a good job at kind of stringing me along. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like this one, I love that. The whole intro was the Hellfire Club. Something new we don't know about. That was the title. Yes. Hellfire Club. Well, actually, before we jump into that, the very first thing we see mm-hmm. uh, was a flashback to 79 with Dr. Brenner experimenting on children possessing supernatural abilities until a mysterious incident kills all the rest of the children except for 11. You see him in that room working with, I think, what, number five, was it? Yeah. Yeah. And he's just working with him, and then he's kind of talks about seeing the vision of blood and, you know, someone fighting over blocks and shit. He comes running out there, sees that, you know, Eleven is just standing there, a blood coming out of her eyes and nose, you know, and just pure carnage all around her. And he's like, what have you done? Immediately flashes back into present day in which you see Dr. Brenner getting ready for work doing yeah. a crossword puzzle, getting his tea ready, all that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, shit, I thought you died in season one. Yeah. <laughs> and what was funny, it's after we watched all the season four, it's like I accepted it in the moment. I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. I'm along for the ride. Just keep, I'm ready. Just go. Yeah. But afterward, I rewatched his death scene. How did that motherfucker survive? A Demogorgon lunged straight at him and knocked him backward. It's like, Damn! <laughs> he probably had a gun on. <laughs> I don't know. Pop, 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 pop. You know, just like quick little three taps. Yeah, <laughs> you never know. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a cool it's a cool feeling because we're only set. It's not even a year since season three has ended. So we ended in eighty five. Now we're we're in uh, early eighty six. Yeah, uh, right before spring break. So mm-hmm. mid March, 
Late March. Yep. Of 86. Actually, so, yep. It says right here, set in March 86. Boom. Eight months after the events of the third season. Yep. So, building into this, we know we know we knew there was going to be a time lapse yeah. a little bit, which is fine. It just works out. Um, they grew up a lot in eight months. Yeah. <laughs> just saying. In two years, when it comes back, they're, they're basically fucking warriors. Oh, yeah. It's, it's going like, to be the warriors. It's, it's, like, <laughs> it's like you look at the only one that, the only two I feel like that have kind of retained their youth a little bit is Eleven and Dustin. Oh, Max and Dustin, too. Well, Max kind of worked because we only saw her mm-hmm. in what season three was mm-hmm. her debut, right? Season two. Season two with, yeah, with Billy. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, yeah. Don't forget Billy Hartman. Oh, I can't forget Billy. <laughs> Red Ranger. But no, uh, yeah, you're right. Well, yeah. So, hmm. I don't know then. Yeah, you're right then. Yeah. So those three did a really good job, but everyone else was just like, nope, here's puberty. Yeah. It's a mean bitch. <laughs> Puberty's a bitch. And, uh, you know, see you, you know, we, we make jokes about it, but the biggest transition is Will. Will's the biggest transition of them all because he's just like, yeah. hey, remember the smallest guy of the group? Now he's the biggest, has he the broadest shoulders, and looks like he might put an elbow in your goddamn face if you get a little bit close to him. The thing is, it's like if you look at like press stuff, like mm-hmm. interviews and shit with him, it's like they frame him in that show really well. Mm-hmm. Same thing like, spoilers, we're going to do a Thor episode, of course. Yeah. Um, same thing they did with... Um, uh, Lady Thor. They uh, shot, yeah. yeah, Natalie. They actually kind of shot her in certain ways to make her taller. Yeah. It's like they're all their muscles and stuff she actually did, but they would like shoot her in certain ways so she was like a little bit more taller and menacing. They must have been doing some perspective shots oh, with yeah, they, Will they, they just to make the him look smaller and be like, motherfucker, hunch down. They probably did the same thing for the guys who did uh, Lord of the Rings to make uh, all the midgets look small. Yeah. And all the dwarves look small when actually well, Jonathan like, Reese Myers like, like the six like, foot eight. I wonder if this has it listed, but it's like we hear all the crazy numbers of like, you know, so many millions of dollars are made per episode. I wonder if part of that is just like CGIing Will down. Uh, it was like, like it, they did do a really good job because obviously he's a fucking huge motherfucker. Like yeah. him and, uh, uh, not Will, Lucas. Lucas, really like athlete wise have really struck out of the park. Oh, yeah. Uh, Finn Wolfhart though is still like the skinniest motherfucker I've ever seen. Yeah, man, I and, feel and, like, dude, eat a fucking sandwich. Like, do some push-ups, man. God damn, dude. You would think he would try to stay in shape a little bit more, considering you know they fought Satan like three times. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm just like, I get it. My girl has superpowers. I don't really need to work out. But <laughs> fuck. And that's another thing. Uh, you know, we're going into the college or not the college, but the high school scene of '86 with. L and all them. Yeah. So I like the brother, Jonathan. Still smoking weed all the time. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the whole uh, intro to California scene was kind of like uh, L actually doing like this uh, narration thing. And when it got to Jonathan, she was like, and Jonathan got a new job at a pizza place. And he and his friends smoke really funny smelling cigarettes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the other I'm just like, oh, shit. Yeah. And the whole intro to that. Uh, where he was like kind of waking up and like having to crawl around, grab shit, run out the door. It kind of gave me um, clerk slash Detroit Rock City vibes mm-hmm. with like the very beginning of like yeah. to seeing those characters trying to get up and manically yeah. get out the door. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool like teen drama a little bit like a John Hughes movie, you know, like Sixteen Candles, Breakfast Club. Hey man, get the fuck out the car. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of school. Yeah, and she's narrating a lie, which is perfect. 
it you know because her life sucks mm-hmm. pretty much she's she doesn't use her powers anymore because basically she doesn't have them yeah um another great thing about this was we see will and l as a brother and sister type mm-hmm. um we vaguely see a painting that will come up across later on yeah um and I knew things were going to go south very quickly when they go to the school. All right. And, and this is a completely different styled school because this is, again, California. This yeah, is so, in Hawkins. Yeah. So the the biggest damage they've done other than the haircut for Will is how they dress the <laughs> motherfucker. All right. I know. Dude, dude, dude is a stocky white guy in the 80s with a bowl haircut. A writer should have been arrested. His hair got shorter and shorter throughout yeah. the series. Give it should have gotten longer. Dude, give that motherfucker a mohawk <laughs> and a Cobra Kai t-shirt. Right? Nah, I'm, I'm following. It's a black jeans or maybe like a Megadeth t-shirt, sleeves cut out. That dude would have kicked ass in high school. Just, get, just let him hang around Eddie long enough. Fuck yeah. Not 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 Argyle though. No, Argyle make him a lazy piece of shit. <laughs> well, and real quick, uh, props to Argyle and the actor that played him too, because unfortunately he wound up kind of getting shafted, and like the the fan base was a little shitty toward him. I loved him. Oh, he was great. Like, but but I saw like some paparazzi stuff of like everyone hanging out at the premiere, and they're like, Argyle, move move and like trying to tell him to like get out of the way and like out of the frame of like everyone else. If he said that to me. Oh yeah. But it's like, and it's like, there was just so many other little mm. instances of reporters and fans just not being cool to him. I thought he was a cool character. Was it a little bit goofy? Was it a little bit over the top? Yeah. But at the same time, this is fucking stranger things. And it works. <laughs> and it works because it, it is like a John Hughes type, you know, hey, what's the stoner guy do? It's the hey, what's that dude? Yeah, it's that guy. You know, it's, it's it happened in the 90s, it, 80s. It's the stoner guy that we always parody when yeah. we when we talk about being stoned. It's like, whoa, dude, how I you doing? Been, I would have oh, been fine pie. if they did the whole... Um, the National Lampoon's ending, you know, where they do the written epilogue at the end. Argyle went on to Hollywood to make Scream and he created, or no, Scary Movie, and he made that joke. What? That, that's why he's <laughs> yes. he did that. He did that. <laughs> he survived all this, went to Hollywood, and created that commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Most popular man alive. <laughs> And I like the fact um, there is a little bit of uh, some Easter eggs. If you if you call the Pizza Shack number, mm-hmm. you oh, actually yeah. get Argyle on the phone. He's What's like, up, man? Uh, and he'll do like the whole intro, and then we'll be like, "Hold on, my dude, don't don't deny before you try." Talking about the yeah. pineapple on pizza and shit. And the cool thing about this was all our new characters, basically our NPCs, are fantastic. Yeah, you either really really like them or you really fucking hate them. There was no like middle ground either. No, which I really liked. Um, because when you write a character, you want someone to have a, an adverse emotion to them. Mm-hmm. You know, Breaking Bad did a great did this great with the with the wife and her sister. You know, these are terrible people. But A and E's or AMC's really good at making people hate blonde women. So, <laughs> but like, who 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 are our new characters? You know, we got uh, the teenage preppy girl that picks on Ale. Mm-hmm. We got Argyle, super mm-hmm. fucking lovable. We got. The punk rock guy that's running fucking D and D. Yeah, we got so many other characters. His buddies. Well, know. we'll get to them in a second. The only this is uh, they introduce one more side plot, and I will say this is the only. If I have any negatives about the series, I feel like this part of the plot could have gotten tied up a little quicker. Mm. They could have done a little bit more with it, but. 
In the process of trying to sell encyclopedias by the phone, uh, Joyce receives a package in the mail, clearly from Russia, in which she receives a porcelain doll. Yeah. Freaks out and realizes there is a note in there and quickly summarizes that it had to have been from Hopper. Yeah. <laughs> well, no no well, one else but Hopper. Before she opens the motherfucker, she calls Murray. Oh, a yeah, paranoid yeah, yeah. I forgot that was before she opened it. You're she right. calls a paranoid schizophrenic and says, hey, how do I open this? He's like, go outside. It could be a nerve agent. I'm just like, <laughs> and he's like getting in an ice bath, <laughs> like pouring some like whiskey or vodka yeah, or because something. He's an, he's an athlete now. Don't you know that? He knows karate. <laughs> I, oh, yes. Oh, yes. We feel like he's bullshitting, but he actually pulls some shit out of his ass. His rocks and his fingers are needles. <laughs> No, so she she pops open this fucking thing. Her neighbors are watching her because she's the crazy lady on the corner, uh, which kind of like new lady, yeah. And it kind of just like creates this weird little bubble for her and her shit family because she's like buy different clothes for one. <laughs> okay, I understand this to preppy kids. You know, their style is a little bit different. It's not Hawkins. Adapt. Yeah, just fucking adapt. <laughs> I'm not saying change your personality or you know start sucking dick like that prep girl probably does. Just. <laughs> Just, you know, change it up a little bit. Don't wear a plaid shirt tucked into some fucking Levi's and some goddamn shitty shoes that you've had <laughs> since middle school. All right, Will? Will? Will, you listen? Will, buddy. <laughs> Duffer Brothers, are you listening to me? You better make this motherfucker a hardcore motherfucker in season five. I'm sitting like P90X in every fucking day and just dropping fucking atomic elbows on bitches. Like, Will better Kill be- them all, blasting them in the background. Yeah, fucking kill them all. <laughs> oh, man, I just had like a perfect idea how we use whiplash in this show. But... <laughs> But yeah, so so I am very glad that Murray got a much better and longer role in this series. And this is, and this is like uh, I believe you had talked to your mom about it, but uh, the whole California Dreaming by the Beach Boys uh, kind of fits mm-hmm. because you know with the new time, you know they're they're basically new people. Yeah. Um, and this is the other part I liked about the show was let's split up the environments, and it works out perfect yeah but uh go back to her cracking open that fucking doll yeah it is like a ransom note <laughs> yeah i love that shit and murray's like i'll be there in a minute i'm packing my shit and he's just like you know he's probably bumping some cocaine like just kind of, <laughs> i'll be there as soon as i fucking can bitch yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's like looking at his black belt i'll just leave it here <laughs> But we cut back to the uh, school in which uh, Dustin and uh, I forget his name. I'll keep wanting to say Will, but um, Lucas and Max. Well, well, I was going to say Finn Wolfhart, his character. Oh, oh, fuck. See, we keep calling him Finn. We got called by his character name, so we do this right. Mm. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, all of them are walking down the... I'm pulling it up. Mike, Mike. Everyone was was screaming at us. Did you feel like uh, Mike didn't have a big role in this? Mike sucked this season. I don't think he, <laughs> he sucked. Was an I, ass. Just, I don't think he sucked or anything like that. I just think his role was small as compared to the rest of the season. You know, as the leader of the group. Yeah. And now the group is disbanded, so he doesn't really have a a function. Yeah. That's kind that's of, kind of what I was going to get because at. the main core group is still back in Hawkins. You know, it's just him, Will, and L. Yeah. While Dustin, Lucas, and Max, you know, people who are a proactive mm-hmm. part of the group who are always actively making decisions 
with Will or with Mac, Mike in the group. Mm. They're not there. So his support structure is not really there. Yeah. <laughs> He's dealing You're with right. the most emotionally fragile people of the group. And it's just him. And he's just like, I don't know what to do, <laughs> which I hated that. Cause you know, Mike in season three been like, did she put, did she pour a fucking milkshake on my goddamn girlfriend? Yeah. Oh, hell fucking no. And just elbows a bitch. <laughs> like back the fuck up. Indiana represent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hawkins. Me answer we my my version of Stranger Things is fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> we clip back to Hawkins and uh yeah, um Mike and Dustin are walking down the hall because uh Lucas is uh they're trying basically they just finished that pep rally and uh and you see What an odd pep rally. Yeah. Kind of kind of bizarre. The the the, the head of the basketball team. Mm-hmm. Not the coach. Nope. Just the seventeen year old, possibly eighteen year old guy. Just kind of like grabs the mic. Yeah. And is just like, oh, this is, this is the asshole. Six foot two, eyes of blue. blue. Aryan nation. Oh, <laughs> big time. They, they went hard yeah, with the yeah. look. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> this Luke Skywalker version of Billy Hargrave. <laughs> Tell me you didn't get that vibe from this little One hundred percent. All right, so he gives this pep speech, like, oh, man, we're going to win. We're going to do this. We're going to kick ass. And I'm just thinking, it's an all-white basketball team in Indiana in the 80s. You're going to fucking lose, bro. This ain't Hoosiers. All right, you're going to fucking lose. All right? Because black kids are allowed to play basketball now, you dumb fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And Lucas, who actually grew out a little bit, you know, as they all did, but sharp fucking fade. I was going to say the cut, man. The 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 cool 80s cut. Sharp. (laughs) <laughs> and you know, going into like some of the other characters who are still left behind, left behind characters, which I hate to say it like that, but you know, Steve, uh, oh, Robin, Steve and Robin have a great intro scene. Steve and Robin are the Shag and Velmy Velma <laughs> of the group. Tell yes. me they're not. If in the, in the pantheon of the Josie the Pussycats, Shaggy and the and the and the gang, you know, he's yep. then. he's then. Absolutely. And I love Steve and Robin in this show yes. so much because they built up that whole thing. He's like, oh man, he really likes Robin. Yeah, Robin's hot. Yeah, but she likes she's on the same side of the fence you are, man. Yeah, yeah. So don't which, work which out. creates a great opening conversation. Oh, so the, 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 she the, likes boobies. You like boobies. What was the movie? I like boobies. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Of course. <laughs> of course. I was aware of that at a young age myself. Well, Phoebe Kate still got it. Oh yeah, but uh, <laughs> but they're going into can't it, look at the pull the same way and, anymore. And you're going into a new conflict. All right. We're introduced to Eddie. Yes, because Lucas through the pep rally this finds out that it's like, well, they're no, this is this is the last chapter of the game. Mm-hmm. It's like they can't make it. He Lucas cannot do the Hellfire Club, and he's like, well, just talk to Eddie for me. And they're like, Eddie's gonna kick the shit out of us. <laughs> <laughs> and which, by the way, I think I've played that intro scene to Eddie for people so many times because it's such a non-spoilery scene Mm -hmm. it's just eddie talking in the school and if you just know anything about stranger things you know you're just going to get a character so i've shown that scene to so many people i think that's one of the best intros to a new character in a show that i've seen where he's got the magazine up in front of him it's like that newsweek paper and he's Mm -hmm. reading out the the dangers of uh, the satanic panic and Mm -hmm. dungeons and dragons and how it leads to sodomy and satan Mm -hmm. worship and yada 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 and he just puts the paper down he's just like but if you go to parties or you throw balls into laundry baskets or and it's just like it's the ultimate 
kind of encompassing of the alt metal punk fringe kid that could have been at any school. And um, when you mentioned mom earlier, uh, she and her husband, uh, Jeff, watched this show religiously mm-hmm. like we do. And Jeff was like, man, I grew up like at that exact time period. Like I was these kids age when I like, you know, going through yeah. those. He's like, I knew motherfuckers just like that. He's like, that kid is for real. He goes, yeah. that is the most time period correct kid yeah. ever. <laughs> and this this also goes into um, a little bit of elaboration of how old the kids actually are, which we don't really get because they're not in school long enough to find out how old they are. So it's, they're roughly sophomores, which the only problem I have with this was, so Lucas is on the varsity basketball team. And if you know anything about JV and varsity is, one of two things, you better be really, really fucking good. Or you need to be a senior. <laughs> like, yeah. This is the only two requirements. Well, you, you also one. find out Eddie got held back a couple times, well, no, too. Well, yeah. That's, I'm talking about Lucas. Yeah, Lucas yeah, beat yeah. on the, the, the varsity basketball And that's team. also why he clicked a little bit closer to Clayton's age. He's like, I knew kids like that age and yeah. that time period. Yeah, he's a super senior. Or what yes. we used to say in school. <laughs> uh, he's a super senior. He runs a... A derelict D&D group. The Hellfire Club. And if you know anything about D&D, if you made a campaign for six fucking people, six people better show the fuck up. Yep. Because it is imperative that that works. I've played games, not D&D, but games that are imperative on having four people. We tried with three. We kept losing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's how that works. Well, I mean... It's like playing Mario Kart with a broken button. (laughs) Well, I was going to say, if the rule set is, you know, it's put in place in such a way that you need Mm. four characters, then yeah, I mean, three's just not going to work. And you can't postpone. You got to find a replacement. Which sends them on a wild goose chase for the rest of the episode to try to find a replacement. And while we're introducing, you know, reintroducing our old characters, we get Max, who's a little bit... Aloof. A rogue. Yes. She's by herself. She's in a bad place. She suffers from a... A mild form of PTSD, like they all should. Yeah. You know, they fought a monster in a mall. Yeah. Uh, but uh, not everyone's brother got brutally fucking gutted yeah. directly in front of you either. Yeah. <laughs> um, and kind of wished for it. Yeah. That was another part of it. She mm-hmm. wished for that. She wanted this motherfucker to die. Well, and the reason... Until the I've, end. Until the very end. Very end. Like, last, like, two minutes type shit. Like, yeah, he can make it. He, he changed. He mm-hmm. saves people. Well, because the demon finally got out of him, and yeah. she was able to see real Billy again. Well, and the thing is, is I've not seen, heard a lot of people talk about this, but it's something that was immediate apparent to me, is they did a very good job at Max's side of the trauma mm-hmm. with trying to come to terms with understanding that because she's she's they kind of took a little bit of a surface route with it where her main thing was she felt responsible. Yeah. It would have been more interesting in my book. Well, it's, it wouldn't have worked for Vecna, which is probably why they didn't mm-hmm. go with it, but basically replace that with the conflicting feelings of feeling safer because you're not around that sort of terror yeah but also still missing someone you did have flesh and blood relation with yeah and so they did pull back on that a little bit and kind of like pull that curtain back on it some so i did like that they touched on yeah. it. and she's actually the only one who loses family yeah you know that, that except for joyce yeah, she, she she loses every guy she winds up banging. Yeah, but that, that, <laughs> she didn't make she didn't she didn't fuck Sean Aston. 
You don't think so? No, she probably fucked Barb before she did that. Oh, <laughs> oh come on. Bob, Bob you, you got to think Bob got himself a piece. No. <laughs> Fucking nerd. Break off a piece for that, Bob. <laughs> no. He played Sam in Lord of the Rings. He deserved better. But, uh, <laughs> but like, going into this, uh, another part, uh, you know, we get Eddie with the Hellfire Club, and Eddie gives him the ultimatum, mm. which I fucking love. You need to find a goddamn replacement. Yep. And we get this weird little montage of them going to every motherfucker in the school. Like, hey, can you join? Can you help? Uh, uh, go to Max, back to Max just real quick. Yeah, yeah. She's listening to Kate Bush walk through the hall. I watched a video online that said, why the fuck would a Midwestern sophomore girl who lives in a trailer park listen to Kate Bush and not Leonard Skinner? I'm just like, oh my God, dude. Her just listen to give me three steps walking down the fucking school. Back the fuck up. Imagine if that was the music that was like her callback song. Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> Someone like, needs to make that edit. Oh, we're going to. We're going to. <laughs> we're go back and watch that. Just put a click. <laughs> it's Nito with a spoon. <laughs> I'm just like, hell yeah, Max. But like, it made, it was like, okay, I get it. I get it. That's, that's fucked up. But yeah, she probably would be listening to Leonard Skinner or fucking some fucking Southern rock shit in the trailer park. Or even metal. Or even just rock. Or, or maybe she's just trying to get away from it because that's probably what Billy... Well, we know that's what Billy listens to. Billy listens to. to fucking Motley Crue. Yeah. <laughs> fucking road shit. Pumping fucking iron to get some puss. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Hargrave is a very unique character. I like and hate him at the same time. Well, that's just what makes all of these characters good is because like, even the jock was very well written, but you hated that motherfucker. Yeah. Um and so we're going into the whole montage scene of, hey, we got to find this person. We got to find this. And in that scene, I love how it's like, you know, the first few, you're kind of sitting here. We're going, no shit. They wouldn't want to join up. They're like the popular kids mm-hmm. or the normal kids. I love when they even go to like the chess nerds and they're like, ew, no. Uh, no. <laughs> so it's like it really paints that picture of like the biggest fuck even you. the chess nerds are like, you're no, no. ew, that we don't want to be seen with you. Even the biggest fuck you was Dustin talking to Max. Yeah. She's like, do I get one of the cool shirts? He's like, yeah, he makes them in his basement. She's like, oh, fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> just like, you, you, you could have just smacked his teeth out of his mouth. That would have been nicer. You mean bitch. Go listen to some fucking Skinner in the trailer park. <laughs> Have some store brand cola, but no, yeah, that, I, I really, I really did like that scene though. That was good. Yeah, and we're also getting Nancy. Nancy's still kicking because uh, she's still in school. She's a senior. Uh, Steve's already graduated, uh, and we do get um, a little bit of dynamic of what's going on with Lucas and his team. Yeah. He is not a youth player. He's a bench benchmark. Which would have made sense for him to have been like, yeah, I could have fucking made that game. Yeah. They're not going to play me. But uh, it works on the double action plot yes. of any story. Because they do find a replacement. Lucas's and it's sister. Sister, Erica. <laughs> yes. Who Eri- is the shit. Erica is fantastic. And someone did a uh, model of her in like a guild uniform. <laughs> just like putting the hammer down with some dice. And just like, it I see cool Erica growing up to being like the baddest and i mean bad in a positive way like the baddest real estate agent on the blog 
Just being like, no, you're going to buy this property. I would, I, would, I would argue I would argue if they were to go that far, she's Monica Rambeau. Oh, shit. An F-20, an F-18 oh, F- pilot in the 90s. Yes. <laughs> Fucking kill them all. <laughs> <laughs> Top Gun, Kenny Loggins, all that shit. <laughs> but yeah, no, so you get, yeah, we get reintroduced back into the uh, rest of the teens. And yeah, um, it is interesting though because Nancy's kind of running on her own, and you kind of yeah. find out that she and Jonathan are not really talking right now. Yeah. So another thing we kind of missed. Um, That's why I said this has to be a multi-part episode, know, especially just, at least getting see episode one set up because they do such a good job in episode one, getting so mm-hmm. many balls rolling. It's like they they set up so many dominoes, mm-hmm. and like every two minutes they just go. Think, yep. and, and knock over the How'd next one. How'd you like one. that shit? <laughs> uh, well, watch this. Yeah. <laughs> um, after the pep rally, after, you know, white man gives his speech. Yes. Uh, um, All that was missing was that fist raising in just the wrong way. <laughs> um, Chrissy Cunningham, our newest character, short-lived. Uh, the new Nancy, pretty much. You know, she's the most popular girl in school. She's fucking around with this dude, this ultra-conservative white guy who's the head of the basketball team. And we find out she has some form of anorexia bulimia. She thinks she's too fat. She has a very terrible self-image. It definitely seems to be brought... It seems to be like that home internal thing. Because I've seen, not in person, but I've heard and seen enough of the dynamics of like... Almost like the rejected child beauty pageant mom type shit and that's what we're hearing like, in the background is mm-hmm. oh I can let that dress out some more fatty uh-huh. and I like to think of it as just Homelander <laughs> oh yeah and I was t- and it's and just pro- like because prom was pretty recent too so yeah. it feels like that was like a callback to maybe recent events that she's mm-hmm. still traumatized over so that it was interesting she seems to be the only one of Vecna's because you do find out she wants to be a victim she's the only victim that really didn't seem to have a good personal reason does mm. that make sense because it seemed like everyone else that vecna went after had personal mental traumas that they were trying to work through well that's the great thing about this show was it shows no trauma is valued above the rest okay i think, see think that. of it like jobs oh man i work it so hard oh that ain't a real fucking job i do a real job i sell dope to cops it's like no <laughs> no i do a real job i'm a coal miner no i'm a real job i have a, i'm a mom i'm a single mom blah, blah, blah. You know, each one has their fucking struggle yeah and each one is taking a punch in the goddamn face with that struggle and you know the kid with glasses he may or may not have been an accessory to killing a man she has problems with self-image Max saw Satan eat her brother. So, so the value. Oh yeah, we can put a value on it. Yeah. But like, it's still trauma. It is trauma across the board, and it's good to see that. Mm-hmm. It like not good to see it, but it I know what you mean. It fucked. It's like me watching the people on YouTube cry. Yeah. It's good to see that. <laughs> it gives me empathy, which I don't have anymore. <laughs> and was it a Nancy or Max that was trying to offer help, and they were like, "Just go away, just go away." Max, Max. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so it's like Max even notices something's yeah, up, with and Chrissy. she's holding, she's holding it back, which is a very dangerous thing people do with trauma. Is if you experience something terrible, talk about it, and it works for some a lot of people. It doesn't work for some, and that's fine. Yeah, 
But, you know, the attempt goes a long way. You never know until you try. Yeah, you never know until you try. Like heroin. <laughs> so, so. Segway. So, Max kind of says, fuck you, bitch. Moon walks out of there. And um, we see. We double fir- birds. Yeah, double birds. <laughs> Billy Jean. <laughs> it just fades. Billy Jean. And then in a door <laughs> and then Vecna's feet like, shows up in the in the stall and it's like man I fucking love that song <laughs> fuck <laughs> bitch she's next door <laughs> but like so we get this grandfather clock kind of thing Doom. which is um, like a foreshadow of what's coming so a, a ticking clock yeah that we have it works great in a storyline so when that you know strike hits midnight it's either one and done alright which is great so then we come to the big game the game and you could say it's the D&D game or it's the championship game. I love this for the fact that Steve is there with a rando, bitch. Yeah. And he sees Robin standing there in the band with the girl she likes. And the memes from this are fantastic. My favorite meme is, what would you feed Dustin? Pizza. What would you feed L? A salad. What would you feed Robin? His redheaded girl from the band outfit, the Molly Ringwald chick. Yes. Oh God, damn. If this was on HBO, we would have watched it. <laughs> that would have fucking happened. To, to quote uh, Starlight, num 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 num. Oh, just loves the puss. So we get the game and we get the D and D, and this is where this is where Erica puts herself in the program. She's like, "Listen, motherfucker." I'm the shit. Mm-hmm. Get fucked. Yeah, because initially Eddie's like, who is this that you've brought into our lair? I don't fucking babysit, bro. Yeah. And she's like, good. You don't have to. I've got this, this, and this. And he's like, and they nerd off. He's like, what's your stats on the yada, yada, yada? I'm a yada, blah, 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 and blah, and this, that, and the other. Blah, With blah, the strength blah, blah. modifier of three. What the fuck do you got for me? And I'm uh-huh. just like, that right there is the epitome of what that should be, feel like. Yep. You come into a D&D game or come into any type of game where you have to express your personality, show it the fuck off. Yep. And then it and it starts. And and, then, and, and, it's, it, and real quick before we get into it, great continuity too, because during the intro scene with Eddie, he's like, no, you got to find a replacement. He puts his arm around both Dustin and... Lucas. Nope. Fuck nuts. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Finn. Fuck, I keep forgetting his road. Mike, thank you. Puts his arm around them and says, because you're going to be the future of Hellfire when I get the hell out of here. Yeah. So for the fact that not only did they bring a replacement, they found such a worthy replacement. Mm-hmm. He immediately, after she showed her attitude, showed her worth, was just like, you're awesome. You're in. And that's the reason I liked Eddie. He wasn't even sitting here going like, all right, well, you can still prove your worth. He was immediately just like, boom, I see yeah. it. Let's do the shit. And they're building up. So they're building up. So we get the the, the sports movie of uh, the scores tight, basket here, basket here. Three there pointer. was a score of 69 at one yes, point. Yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, you know, it's building up. It's building up. And we find out like, during the D&D game, it's the Hand of Vecna, which is a big popular storyline in the game. Um, which is actually being replayed online, actually, um, on YouTube. Is nice. They actually went back and redid the edition when they're playing through it. And uh, all the while, Detroit Rock City blasting <laughs> in the background. <laughs> Get up! 
<laughs> there were so many times during this show. Me that, and you like, were rocking out the fucking whole fucking oh, time. Oh, yeah. Amazing soundtrack on this fucking season, man. Because the previous seasons had like, oh, hell yeah, that's cool. Like, yeah. oh, man, that works. Yeah. There were almost like miniature music videos yeah. throughout this entire like series. Brothers, let's make some AMVs. Yes. Let's make a quick AMV. <laughs> yes. And, I, and they perfectly... For the first time in a long time, a series properly used music as a soundtrack. Yeah. Because it's like, as much as we geek out over hearing, like, okay, say Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, Led Zeppelin. It, yeah, as great as it's cool seeing Led Zeppelin on there, it's like, they didn't really make it a part of the thing. It was just a stinger song used twice. Yeah. Once at the beginning, once at the end. Yeah. It's like this. Every time a song came on, it was like, oh, Shit's going down. Yeah. Whether it be Detroit Rock City or Master of Puppets or yeah. anything else, there was it, miniature music. And the videos. subject matter fits the fuck the, the song. The subject matter of the song fits the subject matter of the Detroit Every Rock time. City. Detroit Rock City. We got to get there. Mm-hmm. And we got to win. Like or get there. Yep. 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 We're about to die. Oh my god! No time to turn. We might <laughs> die. Yep. Uh, but it doesn't matter till the death. Till the, the death. death. Till the, the death. death. And then and then <laughs> it comes down to. And I kind of nerded out on both scenes. Was all right, guys. We got to make this one shot. Yep, the Michael Jordan shot, the one in ten thousand shot. <laughs> uh, and Erica, the newest of the group, has to roll a nat twenty. Which in in D and D game, that's a perfect shot. That's that's the game winner. You hit a nat twenty on any move, you basically make the rule yourself. Right, and. Fucking she, he, he hits that fucking fade away. Mm-hmm. Doom. Doom. <laughs> and the we see editing the, on this the, is and, amazing. And the dice roll. Doom. Doom. Da-da. <laughs> it's like, he got that shit. Yep. And she got that shit. I'm just like, the Lucas family should be kings for like a week. Oh, yeah. The kids rock. <laughs> the, Luke, the Lucas, whatever the fucking last name is, those kids are the shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, hunted the predator <laughs> when he got older or some shit. You know, like, I got this. <laughs> he makes the game winning shot. Now he's part of that group. For better or worse. For better or worse. But he is he is part of a new group. Which does which cause is, a little bit of a rift. Because does. before the game even started, he was like, hey, guys, I, the reason I want you to cancel is because I want you to be there, too. Yeah. Like, you know, I could finally be part of the popular cool kids. And both everyone else is like, no. We, we, yeah, we don't care about them. They've yeah. never liked and us I think to the start biggest, with. I think the biggest fuck you was uh, Max not being there. Yeah. Which, which was probably the worst hit for him. Well, it's because you find out between the seasons they had broken up. Yeah. Uh, they both had like a weird fade. Um, so, As young love is to do. Yeah, sometimes you know, their brother gets eaten by Satan. Yeah, it happens. shit happens, man. So after the game, Chrissy decides she wants to pay a visit to Mr. Eddie in the woods. Yes, uh, this is during the day. Yes. Uh, she does, And she has a fucking mental breakdown a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then they realize they know each other. And that scene was really cool because he was just like, you know, you've actually seen me before. And she's like, no, I haven't. I feel like I remember you. And he's like, you. yeah, I had a high and tight haircut. I didn't, you know, I dressed a little different. Yeah. Uh-huh. Different guy. Mm-hmm. And, and then she started explaining the band shit. And it's like, it was cool because for that minute, you're sitting here going, it's like, oh shit. 
This might work for him. Is the metalhead and the preppy cheerleader going to go out? Like, that'd be kind of... Because I remember that movie real well, because it's like the Nicolas Cage character was kind of like the the new wave punk kid. Yeah. And he fell in love with the valley girl Mm -hmm. that hung out at the mall, and, like, her friends were making fun of her for hanging out with the alt-punk kid. So I was kind of sitting here, I was like, oh, shit, are they going to tread those waters a little? And it it kind of... I understand it's the 80s and the click thing is so big. And I'm just right. like, I remember when I was in school, because we lived and where we lived, everyone legitimately liked each other. <laughs> like the hardcore, you know, punk guys went to wood shop. Yeah. <laughs> and learned how to build deer stands with the hicks. And the hicks are like, man, I fucking love that re-rap song. <laughs> Off like, hey, man, you want to pull yourself a dip? Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> How about that new R. Kelly? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What a great time to be alive in 2008. Just say it. It was a very unique time. <laughs> it was a Bush years, kids. Sack the fuck up. <laughs> With your bitching. But yeah, so they meet in the woods and Chrissy's like, you know, you got any shit? And he's like, I got some weed. She's like, and she asked her something harder, which yeah. is her not dealing with her trauma the right way. Yep. And I will give it to Eddie. The pharmaceutical king of the trailer park. <laughs> he, ha- he, he blatantly says, yeah, I have some ketamine. <laughs> Special K, whatever yeah. the fuck you want to call it. Which is not a good drug to take unless no. you're a horse. Uh, <laughs> so as he's barreling through this single wide, he's got, I got it. I know I fucking got it. And he's just like, oh, fuck, 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 uh, condom later. <laughs> Going through every little tin, every little basket, every little popcorn thing. And it's just, fuck, 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 fuck. Meanwhile... She's basically trapped in hell. Yeah. She gets sucked back in again. And this I did not see coming that fast. Uh, I knew it was going to be bad, but I didn't know it was going to be that bad. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe he was like rip her soul out and she just fall to the ground. No. The Duffer Brothers went full Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, yes. Rised her up from the ground, <laughs> cracked every bone in her tiny little cheerleader body, blackened her eyes, and basically ripped her soul out. Yep. And we get the best fucking auto-tuned song out of the Chrissy, wake up. <laughs> gotta wake, get it up, get it up, got up. <laughs> I feel like that's your alarm clock sound that in the morning should be now. everybody's alarm. Chrissy, wake up. <laughs> or that other, or uh, the other guy, the other guy who always dresses in a kimono. Yeah, like, yeah. Wake up, bitch, go. <laughs> well, it was funny. Uh, I was watching i think it was like an eddie compilation and Mm -hmm. like it just had that scene regular in there and i was just reading through the comments to see what people are saying and someone was like uh put the timestamp for that clip and they're like it's so weird hearing this without the auto tune now yeah (laughs) (laughs) it it really fucks with you (laughs) but yes i just thought that was a funny scene and i will say as much as i love eddie part of the reason i think i really like his character is because they didn't make him a perfect character no because he was still flawed. Yeah, because that is a big character flaw, him being willing to give her the stronger drugs. It's like yeah. that that would have been something he would have needed to dealt with lead, later on if mm. Chrissy had not had the ever-loving soul sucked out of her. Yeah. <laughs> and so we get, we get what Vecna is. Yes. And just, just the whole look of terror they do with her and the claw. Mm-hmm. His, hand, his right hand is coming up grabbing her and he says the same thing billy hargrave says to l stay still it'll be quick and you won't have to worry again and i'm like fuck fuck you bro like (laughs) (laughs) chrissy wake up (laughs) you know and then it becomes 
the true satanic panic. Yes. Because Fuck. we roll into episode two yeah. at that point. And going into episode two, they, they do a different beginner. Mm-hmm. Hopper survived. It's a flashback to the mall. He gets taken by the Russians. And which, here's, this is probably my only biggest gripe of the whole series. Mm-hmm. The Duffer Brothers have proven themselves. It's, it's the same problem I have with some Star Wars and Marvel mm-hmm. things. They have proven themselves to be such worthy storytellers, mm-hmm. intertwining so many things, creating such big characters. In a world of possibilities. He fell off a balcony. He fell off a balcony and got reprimanded. Mm-hmm. In a world... He didn't get transported. He didn't get zapped into the upside down and then have to fight his way out, then get mm-hmm. captured. Like there, there's In a world of possibilities, there were so many other things other than he got knocked off the ledge. And at that point, it's like... Fuck you, Joyce. Yeah. It's like if you had just like gotten on your tiptoes and kind of given it the little look over your nose shit, you would have seen your man was down there. So like, I don't know. That was probably my only because I remember when we were watching it, I even audibly said, wait, did he fall? Yeah. Like that was the one thing immediately when we were watching it, just being like, wait, am I understanding this right? What the fuck? (laughs) So... We get the Murray finally makes it to Joyce's house, and he's like got all this stupid fucking equipment. <laughs> all right. And so they decide to call the number. He's recording everything, and we meet Dimitri. He's Old like, Dimitri. Hey, you bring me money. I, I might try to get your friend out. Period. And all I can think of is like, oh, is that another Game of Thrones guy? Fuck this. This whole show is plum tuckered with these fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> They're all over the goddamn place. Um, everywhere. Everywhere. And so. Basically, they want the $40,000 that's in L's trust. Yeah. That was set up because Hopper died. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's trying to go do all that. And the whole time, Murray's like, how the fuck are we going to get to Alaska and Russia and do this? This seems very odd, Joyce. Where are uh, we going to get the money to do yeah. all this? All, while, all the while, it is the next day. Which is Will's birthday? Yes. So, which is so, and I find it funny. You think you all can, all of us, all the fans called it. They didn't make any mention of it in the show, though, at all. How many times do you forget this man's birthday? I feel so bad for him. I don't. Motherfucker's gonna be fucking strapped when he goes to college. <laughs> he is the epitome. Have you seen all those memes of like? two popular cartoon characters that are in a relationship. Mm. The girl breaks up with the guy. He gets all sad. You see him start lifting. And then all of a sudden, like the next panel is like, so-and-so? And they're like all buffed out like a motherfucker. Yeah. It's like, that's going to be him. It's just like, they forgot my birthday again. <laughs> and then he starts having some weird ideas like, Billy Hargrave was right. Ooh, <laughs> ooh Monte Cruz is shit. Get some. Shout. 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 Shout out the devil. And he's just like doing mind tricks. So he's just like, <laughs> yeah, bro, yeah. He starts watching Macho Man Randy Savage and shit. <laughs> my, my, my thing of Stranger Things is whole, normal things with Chris Morris. <laughs> <laughs> normal <laughs> things. Not a strange thing in the bunch. I was going to say just abnormal things. Abnormal things. Oh, God. Stick going to nerd shit. Um, but no, so Dimitri is actually a prison guard. Yes. Uh, who knows English, mm-hmm. which I think is uh, the biggest fuck you to the Soviets is like this guy bothered to learn English. Yeah. Uh, and so they're they're in a very weird spot in Russia. They're on the uh, eastern Russia, which nobody really talks about. Um, 
and it's basically just woods yeah that's all Russia is on that side. It's basically just woods. There's no cities, really. And did they explain why that guard took a specific liking to that American? Because he's, he speaks English. He's able to speak to the prisoner mm-hmm. because the prisoner doesn't know Russian. All the other prisoners are Russian, so they right. speak Russian. This is a connection. It's a single connection that right. you have. So it works itself out. Okay. Um, another thing about this prison. Uh, it's connected to another prison. Yes. That feeds people <laughs> to a demogorgon. Yeah. Which I will say, bravo. Mm-hmm. Keep it in, keep it insane. You know, keep it crazy. I love it. It's the Russians that still big bad in the eighties. You know, kick ass. You know, they're all a bunch of Johnny Lawrence's. I was really <laughs> hoping they were going to connect this to Chernobyl. It didn't happen yet. Well, I just thought they, the series would have led to that, though. Season five might. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, Chernobyl happens much later. Yeah, timeline wise. Yeah, but plus HBO already had a kick ass show about Chernobyl. So <laughs> don't ruin it. Um, so. It's the beginning of spring break. Mike has already landed in California. Yes. Uh, and we get a weird scene. Uh, so we know Nancy's not showing up. Um, and so Mike... By so him, Jonathan gets all butthurt, even though she told him she wasn't going to come. Well, I think I think it was the anticipation of a surprise. I know that feeling very so, well. So he's, 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 he knows nothing's going to happen, but there's an anticipation of, you know what, maybe she changed her There's fucking. that 5% hoping chance. Yeah, yeah. So that gets dashed against the rocks like a yep. baby seal. Um, <laughs> but Mike shows up. He's like, where's my bitch? <laughs> and then Will's like, I made a painting. And I'm just like, <laughs> he's oh, like shut God, the fuck dick. up, Will. I don't care. Where's my girl? Yeah. And she begins to lie. More one more. after another, because as we know, well, Alexa, because her narration was her original note to yeah. Mike, and as we know, L doesn't quite understand the power of social cues and untrustworthiness. <laughs> so uh, she creates her own story, which works out till you know you start seeing the cracks in the story, and even yeah. Will's like, "You dumb bitch." Yeah. Uh, so they all decide to get in the van. Argyle's van, mm-hmm. which I do love the amount of trust <laughs> Joyce has. Granted, she's a terrible parent, <laughs> uh, an absentee parent immediately, because she's like, I'm going to go to Russia with this guy. To go catch a guy. I'll Bye. be back. I'll be back. Yeah. And I'm just like, you guys are in charge. I'm just like, you stupid bitch. You remember the last time you took the fuck off? <laughs> like, just to go to work, your boy got sucked to hell. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so she's a terrible parent. Um, Hopper ain't much better. He's absentee. <laughs> All he had to do was fucking wake the fuck up. <laughs> All he had to fucking do was jump, apparently. Hopper, wake up. <laughs> get the fuck up. Get the fuck up. Grab a gun. <laughs> God damn it. It works. It, it does. Works. It we'll works too the, well. We'll the shit out of that. But, um... So... We they go they back, eventually we, head to the skating rink. And this is this is kind of a... Kind of a like a turn of the knife a little bit moment. I, like, I thought... They all get out of the van, and Ale's very happy. She's like, yeah, we come here all the time. And Will's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Shut up. <laughs> and then right before Will gets out of the van, Jonathan looks at him and says, hey, man, have a good time. Mm-hmm. You know? Because he knows it's his brother's birthday. He doesn't say it. Yeah. But that's what a brother would say. Hey, man, try to fucking enjoy yourself, you sad sack. <laughs> <laughs> I know you almost got sucked to hell twice, but and- enjoy yourself. And going back, going into the little future. So they drop them off. Argyle and Jonathan decide to go smoke weed in the desert yeah. and hit golf balls, which is the most 
white trash bougie thing I think I've ever seen. Hey man, you want to go hit some balls? It's like it's like going to uh, what is it? The Top Golf out here and just yeah. getting shit faced. I don't know how to play golf, but let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Me, you, cat. We all just get shit faced and go hit some balls. I've never hit a fucking golf ball except for putt putt. It's actually really fun. Of course, it's fucking fun. It's a bougie fucking sport <laughs> for p- that poor people aren't allowed to play. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's fun doing the rich things <laughs> it's like doing cocaine. <laughs> Wouldn't know. Wouldn't know. Oh, God. <laughs> He's a fucking vanilla bastard. Vanilla fuck. Anyway, going yes. back to this vanilla fucking show <laughs> with no action. <laughs> um, so, well, Matt, speaking of vanilla, uh, through all that, they get uh, when they're at the skating rink, uh, they the DJ per uh l's bully's request they put on wipeout and start circling her and making fun of her and dash a milkshake on her and make the her carry trip. moment yes the carry moment where instead of pig's blood it was yeah. just milkshake because we only get a little bit of this in the first episode of her pushing her down stomping on her little diorama oh yeah and you got a scene that surprisingly like hit me emotionally for a second like i was good mm. afterward but it still just hit like just the uh, thing of like yeah. when you saw her just be like hey she turns around and like she puts her hand out yeah, and tries happens. to use her power and nothing happens and it's like that moment was just like a ow because that was just it's pure super, reflex it's super embarrassing yeah so and, uh, that was well done can you imagine if she did she'd probably eviscerate that fucking girl oh Everybody yeah like, she, that would have been a boy's moment she would have popped her fucking head and off and all those people have been like that's a goddamn witch let's burn her the fuck out yeah <laughs> satanic <laughs> panic is real holy <laughs> shit satan does exist <laughs> only in hawkins bitch <laughs> hawkins but, has come to town <laughs> a man comes to town that's what they should have played when fucking billy hargrave was fucking <laughs> walking the mall there's a man going around taking, <laughs> taking names, names. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so going into this it's the carry moment yeah and she's in a back room and she looks through the blinds and she's trying to, you know, something probably Hopper probably taught her is this like some like a diffusement, you know, a little bit of mental diffusement. Yeah. And she legitimately tries to say something to this girl. She's like, why would you do this? Mm-hmm. You're, you're being mean. She yeah. didn't use any derogatory statements. She just went out there. Why are you so mean to me? Yeah. And Angela's just like, fuck you. Yeah. Oh, okay. you're going to cry because your like, boyfriend is in town? All that shit. And this is back when Holy Wars would have started playing. <laughs> and she has a fucking roller skate and puts one right between that bitch's eyes and cracks that perfect little white girl nose. Oof. And I'm just like, fuck yes. Keep going. Like, yes. after she just hit her one time. I'm just like, well, that's a start. <laughs> <laughs> These people, while they're in shock, you better start going. Yeah. Because the mob mentality is going to kick in real fucking quick if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. So this is what I wanted Will to step so that in. That was that most sad and the crack. Yeah. Oh, it was so oh, satisfying. It was the same crack you hear in uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre when old boy opens the, the original. Yeah. When he opens the giant silver door and you hear, what? Pink. And it's just like, it's a weird noise. You can't really make it with your mouth. Yep. It sounds like, uh-huh. and I'm just like, because that used to bother me when I was a kid, that bone crunch noise. Like, right. And I'm just like, God damn. <laughs> yeah. Like, there went his birthday, Bay Marie's bam. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and there oh, goes second grade. And there goes second grade. <laughs> hey, what'd you do for show until? Oh, I forgot. <laughs> I went to skating rink and forgot. Um, and we see the ramifications of this later on. But then we cut back to Dustin and Max talking. Yeah. And Max is like, no, I saw Billy Hargrave, or not Billy, I saw Eddie with Chrissy. And he took the fuck off. Mm-hmm. He was out of there. Yes. And 
And Dustin kinda, is all just like, no way Billy killed a person. No, yeah, I mean, not, not Billy, Eddie. <laughs> Eddie. These two like, characters are awesome. And they're all blended together yeah, into this kick-ass like, 80s guy who probably kicked Ralph Macchio's ass. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he's like, and there's no way Eddie killed anyone. He's like, yeah. you, you don't know Eddie like I do. Which is cool that seeing Dustin like because Dustin definitely sticks up for a lot of folks and he's he's probably my favorite of the kid characters. So the whole town is turned upside down. Mm-hmm. Um, Lucas is with the uh, preppy guys. They partied all night long. Uh, the sheriff of the town, who was deputy at the time of Hopper, uh, kind of knew like, okay, this is bad. Yeah, and we find out that the government's been listening the whole time. Yep, um, which is good. You know, as, a, as a safety measure. Of course. Yeah, the porthole to hell probably needs to be looked after. Big brother. Yeah, big man. Uh, and a a new version of Satanic Panic starts. A mob mentality begins. and Especially with that preppy white boy. Watching this, it reminded me of the West Memphis Three. Yes. Uh, absolutely. It, but mainly the first documentary in the series, which was Murder in Robin Hood Woods, where it's like, Damien Eccles, Jesse Miscelli, all these. We're going to hunt them down. The cops, turn them loose. Turn them the fuck loose, and we'll take care of it ourselves. And I got that mentality hard oh, from yeah. this entire shit town. And that's what makes it a shit town, <laughs> is because they can't have critical thinking. Yeah. And I'm just like, y'all been drinking too much of the water. <laughs> it's got it's got demon blood in it. Okay. <laughs> too much Kool-Aid. Too much Kool-Aid. Too much Kool-Aid. Go down the woods. Um, and... This is when we get Nancy. So the cops are there. They're not saying anything. And Nancy be, wants to investigate. And the cops stuck up by questioning that boy. By questioning the uh, basketball player. Yeah. He's like, hey, what do you know about Chrissy and Eddie Munson? And he's just like, what are you talking about? She would never be there. And so he's already built an idea in his brain that Eddie killed her. Yeah. And then it goes through that article of Satanic Panic, all this. So right away, I hate this guy. Yeah. And I'm supposed to. Which mm-hmm. they, they did a great job. They're and Lucas, to. all the while, is just kind of looking at it being like, oh. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think at first, even like, because he lets them go for a little bit. Well, Lucas, in that Lucas, scene, but Lucas eventually tries, he's like, Hey, the, the, the Hellfire Club is like a gay, bunch of nerds. Yeah, they're not, they're not like a, And he's like, No, man, you don't understand. He pulls out that newspaper. He's like, Look, they're saying this is doing, happening. Mm. And Lucas, who is a veteran of a thousand psychic wars, yes. as the band says, <laughs> He's like, oh, you're fucking nuts. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay, I'm just going to stick here for a little bit. I might go out with you. And we see them like stacking a car full of weapons and shit. And I'm just like, Lucas, go with them. <laughs> Be the bad guard dog. <laughs> yeah. Lead them the wrong fucking way. Um, and it, he tries to at one point in a few episodes, but does not do a very good job. It's hard because these guys are on a mission. Um, From God. Yeah. Jesus told me to kill this kid. Um, but I've yeah, been, so Nancy and uh, Fred... Poor Fred. Fred is a, uh, at first, is a little asshole because he keeps hitting on Nancy. Yeah. And then he, then we realize, oh shit, he's in the same predicament as Chrissy. And we're, now we're on the time clock again. I'm just like, oh, oh, you're fucked. Yep. Because <laughs> you're going back to the trailer park. Uh, <laughs> obviously, that's not a good place to be. No. Even if Vecna was like a town wide guy, uh-huh. he'd, he'd be like, oh, I only got to go outside. <laughs> wait, oh, you wait. guys are just coming to me now. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> oh, shit. I can see you through my little peephole. <laughs> Hi, I'm Vecna. And so he has a mental breakdown while being a t- by talking to the cops. Yeah. Which I loved. And Nancy's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> and he's like, nothing. Nothing. I'm just, I'm good. I'm solid, bitch. Yeah. And so he goes, she's doing a questioning thing. And Nancy actually does the extra mile 
to talk to Eddie's uncle, not yes. as a reporter, but at, well, as a reporter, but as someone who generally has empathy and wants the whole story. And another reason why Nancy's written as such a good character is she because carries she carries a gun. <laughs> because she goes. <laughs> Everyone that's listened to our Stranger Things season three retrospective, they're like, when Chris goes on about Nancy keeping that thing on her. <laughs> well, Mikey, I was going back and listen to like Mikey when we did the Obi Wan one. He's uh-huh. just like, you keep bringing that up. Yeah, <laughs> keeps that motherfucking thing on her. Because <laughs> I was just waiting for her to pull a gun. Yeah, yeah. the whole time. But uh, no, but, but, oh. but she. The reason she's such a well written character is because she goes in as the reporter. Yeah, she gets the roadblock. And I don't know if it's just the actress that kind of decided to give her this tick or like, you know, something that they kind of said, you know, the character should do this. She constantly looks away, does a quick little breathing, like a little like that kind of blinks her eyes, tilts her head. It's like all within a millisecond. It's just a quick little like and then she switched gears entirely and she went, you know. I want to talk to you as a family member. Like I want to hear yeah. from you. I'm not a reporter, and it's just like yes, it's like that's such a good thing because you've seen her throughout the whole series gain that bit of confidence. Like she gained her balls in season three when she was like, "No, I'm going to write this fucking story, asshole." <laughs> and it's like in this one, it really felt like she was using those tools she learned throughout it. So no, just another good character moment. I thought so, Fred. Uh, um. Well, one thing, one thing. Yabba dabba do. Well, what, one one thing talking to Eddie's uncle was the Victor Creel story. Yes, he's like long time ago, a guy killed his family, and it was the same way, same bad thing, and he's loose. Mm-hmm. Whatever did that to Victor Creel's family, he's loose and he's doing it again. So now we have a Sons of the Lambs type moment later on, and but, the way he explains it and the way you kind of hear it for the first couple times, it's definitely framed like an Alex Jones conspiracy theory no, no, almost. It's more of a small town story. Okay, yeah, yeah. A chupacabra so, type what, thing. Not just that, but it's like, hey, that guy who murdered those people. Like, we have that in my small town with a guy I went to high school with. He murdered two people in a gas station. I'm just like, and that's talked about the same fucking way. Like, he'll be dead someday, but like, in the future, people will be like, hey, Grandpa, you went to you went to school to murder him. Like we all go to school with murderers. Or actually, we, we've got another good one in, uh, in our neck of the woods uh, around the Charlotte Raleigh area. We had Pazuzu. Yeah, yeah, the guy who the guy who listened to too much fucking music and went ape shit. The bad Eddie. The bad Eddie. <laughs> the real the real satanic panic. Yes, he was with the real the, satanic with panic. the stupid fucking mu- music and the stupid fucking name and the sh- and the shallow graves <laughs> and the bodies in the basement. Yeah, it's just lazy. <laughs> So Fred gets it in the woods. Yep. Uh, he gets turned into a Hubic Nubrex cube. Mm-hmm. Uh, all while watching his friend die in a car accident, which yes. we're not sure if he's responsible, but he he feigns responsibility. Same as Max does. Which is his trauma, his guilt. Yes. So it works out great in a bad way. But the fucking look on his face, and it reminded me of Dream Warriors and Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, there was a scene where... He gets a hold of the wheelchair kid and puts his claw on his face. I know exactly what and you're I'm talking like, about. And I'm just like, why did you not play Dawkin? <laughs> <laughs> you ass. <laughs> and I'm just like, uh, but like, I'm just like, that's it. That's the crux of the whole thing. Is he gonna, and like for a fleeting second, when we're watching this, I'm like, is he going to kill someone every fucking episode? Like, this dude's 0 for 2. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, God. Damn, Hawkins is fucked because in 300 days, this motherfucker's killed a whole town. And the cool thing is, is before his death, 
you never really saw what happened to Chrissy until later on because mm-hmm. you because they were doing really close sins like they would do like a zoom in on her elbow and you'd see it like completely bend the wrong way mm-hmm. and you'd see like her hand spiral out of control and then like her jaw yeah. click out of place but you never saw like what the actual aftermath looked like even the crime scene photos that you were getting were like real weird zoom ins and it feels like only a few scenes prior when they were at the um when they were at the trailer park, when Nancy talked her way in, did you finally see, like, through flashbacks, what um, Chrissy's body actually looked like? So it was no. like you had just gotten over the whole thing of, like, holy fuck, they look like a crumpled up piece of paper. Yeah. <laughs> and then a few minutes later, it's like, there's crumpled up Fred. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, god damn, they are not relenting on this series. And they left, what I liked about this was the Duffer Brothers left consequence up in the air until the next episode yes so we really don't know what's going to happen to it so in the next episode um we find out that uh, the colonel who's been listening to everything is like oh fuck old girl's back at it yep and i gotta find owens um and so he's he's he he has a drive mm-hmm. to kill whatever the fuck was made in that lab yeah uh because he totally believes that's responsible which you know in a hindsight yeah you could probably say that um he doesn't know that she's in california he doesn't really know where this girl is (laughs) california nightmare um but we see that 11 gets arrested for popping angela in the face with a skate yeah and i love i love jonathan in argyle talking her out you know you know it's a rubber skate she'll be fine yeah you know like she'll be you know barely a scratch you got two stoners that were just smoking weed and hitting golf balls in a parking be lot fucking driving. no be, trying to give this like alien girl mm-hmm. fucking like et life advice life advice it's okay she's fine you know they'll just you know stitch her up and our guy was just like yeah man they'll give her a plastic surgery face hey man you remember so and so with the dog face and yeah yeah just, yeah it loves just i'm like, just like fuck? you're a walking talking inquirer aren't you you piece of shit <laughs> but uh she gets arrested yeah which i thought was kind of funny like very quickly yeah uh she gets arrested while joyce is gone and I'm just like this. This is why I hate Joyce sometimes. <laughs> when you need her, she would have been like that five foot bitch would have been up in that car and says, "I'll fucking kick the shit out of you." Yeah, the fuck up, <laughs> Jonathan. Get my knife. <laughs> <laughs> but but mom, get my fucking knife. <laughs> it's the one with the cop blood on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, God. So, so Eleven's arrested for assaulting Angela. Yeah. And Owens takes her, um, and he explains that Hawkins is in a tight spot. And you need to be a superhero again. Yeah. Um, and we get like, kind of like a flashback to Owens being harassed by Sullivan while they come in, take all the shit out of his house. But he was able to hide most of everything. And um, and this is the first moment where you're kind of sitting here looking at Owens being like, are you a good guy? Yes. Because because this is these were the scenes where I was really conflicted. Because I'm like... The actor is really portraying a true affection and care for Eleven, but the words he's saying make me not want to trust him. His body language is making me want to trust him, but not his words. Well, it was a her, very her, weird dichotomy. Well, he, takes her, he takes her to a diner. Yeah. Where when we first met Eleven, she, she went was to at a, diner, a diner. And everyone in the diner got killed. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? Uh, <laughs> And he says, look, we're working on a project so you can get your powers back. Project Nina. Yes. Uh, he's like, you can come with me and you can help your friends. 
but right now you really need to come with me. Okay, cool. Now we have a new side story. We, mm-hmm. br- we take one of our main characters, break them away, another branch to the story. Leaves and, a note for Mike. Gotta yeah. go be a superhero. Peace. And this is how poor Mike is written. He doesn't take any uh, initiative very quickly to not look around his surroundings and been like, uh, let's see, my girlfriend got taken by the cops or maybe the government. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joyce isn't here. Uh, I'm hanging out with two stoners and Will. <laughs> hey, Will, how are you? Yeah. I really need to have, I need you to have my back on some decisions I'm about to make. At no point does he do that. No, Will has to be the one to yeah. broach the conversation. And I hate that because, you know, we get the whole reveal later on. Uh, hey, man, Mike, you're the goddamn leader, bro. You're the heart. Yeah, you know, you're fucking it up. And I, I just think Mike's getting kind of railroaded in character development. I mean, but if you think about it, aside from him kind of being the heart, he was always kind of, he and Will have always kind of been at odds. Yeah. So that that is kind of a little bit, because I was thinking about that watching it being like, they're kind of being, Mike's being a dick to Will. Mm-hmm. And like, they're, they've got a weird relationship going. But then I started thinking back on it. Mike was the one that yelled at Will in the rain and was just like, you know, well, it's not my fault you don't like girls. You know, so it's like they, they've already kind of set up mm. that the two of them have had a strained friendship to a point. Yeah, and his friends keep forgetting his goddamn birthday. I would be a little pissy, too. If they I wouldn't could. be surprised if there was a letter waiting on his fucking house before it all got shot up. If just Dustin and Lucas had wrote him a letter and sent him like five bucks or something. <laughs> like, man, we really miss you. Come back to Hawkins. You know? yeah. And it's just like Will just keeps forgetting. <laughs> I'm just saying that he, uh, Mike, keeps Mike, for, yeah. Mike keeps forgetting. Um, so, so this is a very heavy, heavy B story episode. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Joyce and old boy go to Alaska um, and meet up with the shitty pilot. The, yeah, the peanut butter man. We'll just call him that. Yeah, peanut, peanut butter, butter man. man. Uh, and I love Hopper in this situation. So we're get we're kind of getting the relationship between him and Dimitri. Mm-hmm. It's like, look, we're working on it. Hey, your lady's coming through, man. She called. She's on her way. And he's like, I give you a million to one. I love that too. A yeah. million to one. Because you know he's rooting for the guy. Because mm-hmm. he's, he's but such, in a very backhanded way. He is. He is in a backhanded way. But he's still rooting for him in the way like I hate my country too, motherfucker. Yeah. I hope you. I hope you make it. I hope you say, man, fuck the man and get out of here. Mm-hmm. But and at the same time, I'm not going to be sad. If, I'm still going to get paid. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you know, he's like, I hope you get out, but I'm not going to be sad if you die. Yeah. So like, you know, do it. <laughs> and uh, he gets one of the prisoners to help him with the shackles, which is a very fucked up uh, thing. But it's clever as shit. Too. What did he bribe him with? Uh, well, he told him he was going to escape, and uh, he was going to give him his food. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he traded it, a whole bunch of food so for So he it. needed him to uh, hit his ankle at a certain way to uh, dislocate the ankle. And also, it, it uh, morphs the size of the uh, shackle. The shackle. So he can slip out of it, um, which works out fine. He, he, bites it down, he bites it down on it and takes a hit in the ankle. And every time shows do that small body horror... Mm-hmm. It fucks with me so hard. Like there was, a, I forget the name of the movie, um, but it was basically like kids were getting kidnapped, put in like a saw scenario where uh, they had like these things attached to the back of their necks, and the body releases a certain kind of um, 
chemical when you're scared or in pain mm-hmm. and they were needing that to put in as like a pheromone thing for like fragrance or perfume or what the fuck ever so the whole movie was just these people having to torture each other till their vials got full because of course classic trope rip it out rips out part of your brain old tissue and you just immediately die so it's like the movie is just full of like people's fingers getting snapped mm-hmm. and fingernails getting pulled off and irons to the back it was the worst movie I've ever seen so when I saw this and motherfucker getting his ankle fucking shattered, I'm like, ah! They run to the movie The Brass Teapot where the couple get a teapot and every time they hurt each other, more money shows up in the teapot. Oh, yeah. And they, yeah. Become, they become like sadists on each other. She's like, hit me. And she, he's like, what? And they're like, fucking. And she's like beating the shit out of motherfucking. He's like, more more money's coming out of that teapot. Yeah. And they start just like beating the shit out of each other all day to get more money. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so so he ends up able to slip the, the anklet. Yep. Um. And so now he has a plan. All right, so there's going to be a distraction. He's going to get over here, get over there, point A, point B, point C. Yep. Uh, but then we find out that this guy's an asshole. Yep. Uh, not Dimitri, but the uh, guy on the American side. He's kind of a dick. Uh, but before we know too much about him, mm-hmm. uh, Nancy and Robin team up. Yes. And, and side note, I know that the Stranger Things fan base loves to ship any of these teenage characters together. It's fan fiction. But I saw this edit Mm. trying to ship uh, Nancy and Robin and just being like, look at all the way uh, Nancy looks at Robin. It's like literally just scenes of like Robin talking and like Nancy just looking at her because she's fucking talking. (laughs) And they're like, you see the way she looks at her there? I'm like, that's Nancy's face. She's perpetually between a face of fuck you and scared puppy. That's just her face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> resting fear face. Yeah, she has a resting fear face. Um, I'm just thinking of that scene from Goodfellas where he hands her a broken revolver. And it's just Karen over the fucking narration. He's like, she's handing me that gun. It was kind of hot. And I'm just thinking of Robin doing the same thing. Nancy handed her to go. I gotta say, it was kind of hot. Yep, that would be an <laughs> that absolute would, Nancy quote. I mean, a Robin quote. Yeah. So uh, they go to her house, mm-hmm. and I love Nancy. She's like, "Yeah, you're sort of my build. Uh, let's let me get you some of my clothes to make you look respectable." Excuse me, a backhanded compliment. Let me just. You look like me, bitch, which is good. Let me get you something that makes you less look like a trashy lesbian. Bam. Take off the family video smock. <laughs> oh, yeah. Side note, they work at family fucking video. Yes, with Steve. I which love is that shit. Best thing. And I'm sitting here going, if this was set in the 90s, they'd be making clerks references up one side and down the other. You would have gotten Steve being like, I'm not even did supposed to be here bad, today. Did you, did you think it would have been a bad movie if they used Blockbuster? No. No. Like, a, like I, a, one I last like, fuck you to the people that own I Blockbuster? Like, I like the fact it was family video. Because you know what? In a small town like Hawkins, you would have a family video. But because you probably Net- wouldn't have a blockbuster But because yet. of what Netflix did to Buster, I'm just like one last <laughs> like, stab with a knife and a turn. Like, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Fuck. Hey, we'll give you some petty change to use your likeness in this show. But like just some Enjoy your $20. Like one line of dialogue from a customer is getting shit service. Man, I hope you fucking go out of business. No. <laughs> <laughs> and you find out it's the guy that created Netflix. Oh. <laughs> 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 so uh they they go to the insane asylum yes and they pull the silence of the lambs that uh which i love you know there's a lot of things going on in this scene where they're just like we're tired of women being treated like shit we won't receive fucking respect and the guy's like yeah yeah word word let me just uh okay yeah fine fuck it well it's like i love the lead into that too because nancy's like you know you need to just be quiet 
let me do the talking and everything will be okay. She, and she's like, and Rob's like, okay, that's good because I do really have a tendency to talk too much. And if I talk too much, I might say too much. She can't work in heels. She can't do nothing. She's, yeah, yeah, she's yeah. She's she can't, breathe, she can't breathe. She's yeah. wearing like some floral bullshit. Yeah, she's like, this is made of wool and it's choking me and it itches. And I just saw this. She's like, it's fine. I'm just going to do the talking. Don't talk and everything will be fine. And the first thing Robin does is like, this is for Billy Jack bullshit. <laughs> yes. And the look Nancy gives her, it's like the ultimate, shut the fuck, fuck up, up, bitch. <laughs> like, even the guards, like, back it I'm like, the fuck this bitch Do think? I need to like, I'm alert. I'm on alert now. Yeah. I'm alert. Hello. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> and, uh, so they but go, it works. They go down and talk to Victor Krill. Now, Victor Krill is played by the, Freddy! the Robert England. Yes. England, if you're an asshole. Yes. Uh, and the way they, they put that in there was so fucking perfect. Really great. His eyes are sewn shut. He's got a very fucked up story to tell. Mm-hmm. And we're going back and forth between multiple stories, but right. he begins to tell the story of his family and how they bought a new house in Hawkins. This is, you know, things were okay in the beginning, and you're like, okay, there's some spirit in the house, like a mm-hmm. ghost. And it's like, okay, we're going down this path. Now, it's a ghost story now. I'm just yeah. like, that adds some nuance to the whole, you know, fifth dimension fucking demon animals yeah, and shit like exactly. that okay like all right maybe there was something some crossroads of science and you know magic which i was down for yeah you know because i was like yeah that would be cool as well, we still get that a little bit yeah and uh he talks about the family being murdered by the demon mm-hmm. yeah because it attacks the the mother it attacks the sister well it, it also does the whole what was his trauma and mm-hmm. it was because he caught an airstrike and it killed a family, including a baby. Yeah, and it was kind of it's a very visceral scene of a of a of a baby carriage on fire with a screaming baby in it. Yes, because he's explaining because he said when he dropped it, you know, and he found out that there was a baby in there. It's like you see him just like chilling in the living in his living room reading a paper, looks up at the fireplace, and all of a sudden it's this rocking bram with a fucking screaming child, and it's just like Jesus Christ. <laughs> So going back to this, uh, so Lucas Lucas is trying to you know take him off the scent a little bit, going to the other side, and then we see Max uh, saying, "Hey, we need to go to a therapist's house." Mm -hmm. Which because she's been going to the therapist where the counselor, yeah, yeah, the counselor, and that that was the biggest red herring, MacGuffin, whatever of this entire show. Because the guidance counselor had a specific necklace on Mm. that tied to something. I forgot what it was. And why was it she was keeping log of all those kids with those specific symptoms and not reporting it to anyone or anything? Like Like if one or two kids were having nightmares, headaches, sweats, you know, like... But it's like she had like five or six in there. And it's like, it feels like at that point you would raise some sort of concern. I still think she's involved in this some way, shape, or form. And that could be so. And, you know, we maybe see that later on in season five. But Mm -hmm. I just look at it as she's probably the only mental health person in Hawkins. She was also asking very intruding and leading questions. Well, she kind of has to because these kids are experiencing very fucked up things. Well, she was asking stuff like, like to Max, like, does your mom drink still? Yeah, well, yeah, that's an important question other. to ask a kid in high school. It's like because that's that's your only support line. You want to make sure that kid has a support line to begin with, and if it's fragile or damaged in any way, you need to teach that kid, 
hey, not to only cope with that damage support line, but maybe, hey, do you have friends? Yeah. It just, it just felt like kind of an intrusive question. It is. To it's point. an intrusive question, but you need that in a therapy session. Right. Especially for young kids. Okay. Because uh, I'm looking at it as the 80s. Yeah, yeah. The 80s isn't great for mental health. They got rid of all the <laughs> asylums. They got rid of all the big ones and made them all go to prison. And it kind of kind of fucked us in the long run. <laughs> think about it. Bit. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we don't take all the crazy people out of the asylum and tell them to go to gym pop in a fucking prison. <laughs> I'm just saying. Just the guy saying. who thinks peanut butter is going to murder him probably should be next to the guy who murdered his family. <laughs> with peanut butter. With peanut butter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Peanut butter Steve <laughs> isn't down with the jiff. You know? <laughs> Uh, but anyway, right. so you're very right. She goes in there and she's they go to their house, which kind of goes back to the whole thing of Hawkins being a very tight knit community. Everybody mm. knows where everybody lives. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they go to her house and they decide to steal the files of Chrissy and Fred. Yeah, and she steals her own file as well. So we now we have a connection. Mm-hmm. They all have some similar version of PTSD. They're trying to work through. Max can't work through hers because she has to lie about her PTSD. She could say, hey, I watched my brother die, mm. but she can't give specifics, which a doctor can't help you if you can't give specifics yeah. on the she scenario. She can't go, I watched the devil shove a bloody fucking tentacle, in tentacle his chest. through his chest and I right watched, in front of me. And I watched the light go out of his eyes <laughs> and straight to hell. Yes. Can you help me with that, Doc? No. <laughs> no, because... Here's you know, some weed. Here's a guy named Argyle. He'll hook you up. <laughs> yeah, I know, that would have been the greatest connection if she knew Argyle in some <laughs> fucked up way. But going into that, it's like, okay, now we have... Because I got the same vibe from her, too. Is she part of this? Is she, is she the mislead? Is she the lead? And I like that she was the mislead because yeah. now... Because now your mind is running rampant. And you know me and you were watching this like, Jan- July 20th, right? Like, it's right around the corner. Yeah. The goddamn new, two new episodes around the corner. Let's hurry to watch this shit. Yes. But no, I, I I did not expect to be as drawn in with the Max being effect, uh, being part of Vecna's crew, uh, victim list rather. Mm. I was a lot more invested in that than I thought I would be because yeah. I liked Max in season two and three. Like I was like, okay, she's a great addition to this, but I wouldn't have said I had like any sort of emotional connection to her. Like if at the end of that, if at the end of, you know, uh, season three, when Billy dies, if they, if they pulled a wheelers and we're like, we're getting the fuck out of Dodge as well. And we didn't see her in season four. I don't think I would have missed her. Yeah. It would just been like, Oh, okay. Well, she's not here. So for the fact that they actually made me care about her character development in the series, I, I give them props to that. I like mm-hmm. that. Well, it makes her a bigger part of the, the story because mm-hmm. you know at one point she's a romantic entanglement who happens to be siblings with the bad character mm-hmm. with the antagonist so it kind of creates like the shakespearean level of storytelling like Macbeth or hamlet or othello where all the characters not in my neighborhood yeah not my neighborhood tennessee that's <laughs> <laughs> so what we can't do is a cat because he's like books to fuck your books <laughs> not my not I can't say that about Cap, that bougie motherfucker. I know he, his mom he's was more like more an English. I was gonna say he's more a child than both of us. He probably has an active passport. Oh yeah, no motherfucker. His, his mom was like an English teacher, and like he'll correct my misspellings all the goddamn time, like in a text message or this. And he was like, "Do you mean yada yada?" I'm like, "Bitch, Tennessee, shut up, <laughs> shut up, nutbush. <laughs> you smart motherfucker." <laughs> 
I can't, but, wait, can't wait wait to do the news, poly, uh, news podcast with him. Oh, God. Tell me how you really feel about Pakistan. Well, that ends episode three, and that puts us at about an hour and 30 minutes here on this episode. So I think we're going to put a pin right here. And we're going to pick up with part two with episode four. And I feel like we could do episode four, five, six, and seven on the next one. Because we took a long time on episode one. Yeah, but we were also talking about the the preamble. Exactly. So I feel like we can get through the rest of part one on the next part. Then we'll have to do a part three for volume two. Yeah. (laughs) That's going to have, that has to be its own. Because that's, it's fucking four hours of content, man. We, We can... That's barely we can barely reduce that down to an hour thirty. This is gonna be an hour of me saying Wolverine, <laughs> Wolverine. <laughs> but yeah, um, so far this isn't actually where we thought we were gonna stop when we were actually watching the series. No, we, we, uh, we made we the mistake share, of uh, watching like eight episodes in a row. <laughs> yes, um, but honestly with the next episode, it kind of really? ends on a way that's just like, huh. All right. Well, that would have been an interesting way to end the season, but no. So, uh, but yeah, three episodes in, I was already hooked, and we were just like, "All right, piss break," and uh, Keep going on episode four. So, on that note, I guess we're going to do the same. I'm Alex. This is Chris. And well, Chris, do you have any sort of final thoughts on the first three episodes of this? Like favorite moments so far? How about that? My favorite moment so far. <laughs> Is the Detroit Rock City buildup? Oh yeah, yeah. That's my favorite part. Now, the only thing I wish that would happen is when Fred and Nancy are talking to that cop at the beginning of the, at the at the trailer park, and he like leans in. I wanted Nancy to kind of been like reaching, or- no, no, <laughs> reaching into her bag, and you can like a little X ray of her <laughs> with that gun and looking at Fred like white knuckling the fucking steering wheel. Like we're getting to that trailer park. <laughs> Chrissy, I'm